0: crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to midwayusa.com.
1: Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild
0: food. We sure hope you ate before the show as you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Hey
2: everybody, welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Our host here, Justin Townsend, and today, this date, on Wednesday, we're going to have a crew chat. Um, pretty excited about this crew chat. We're going to recant some elk season stories. Uh, recant for Colin and I. Recant. I think Isn't that recant when
3: works. you take back? Oh no! Yeah, that's for sure. Ooh. Like you recant your story?
1: Yeah. Gonna... a recount doesn't
2: work either I don't think to say that no one longer no longer holds a opinion or belief. okay we're going to recount recap how about we recap, recap. <laughs> I just yeah. smushed them together We're going to yeah. recount um, recap or recap or recount or retell uh, some elk stories you just scoot over I feel like I'm off camera.
3: You we're not Semitic retelling stories. them. This is this is the first time you're telling them, right?
2: Oh God. No it's not. We've told them to each other.
3: <laughs> first time you are telling leave. them to an audience. No, not to the little go.
2: All this in. <laughs> I'm about to kick you off again. <laughs> Can I just tell my story? <laughs> I got stuff to do. <laughs> um anyway we're going to tell our stories from elk season, and I don't know. I may have already told some of mine briefly, uh, but Colin hasn't because he hasn't been on in a long time. But uh, then also we're going to play Let's Make a Meal, which is going to be fun. That's a cool game that we created last podcast episode uh, for those, not last. Well, if you listening to this, it would be like two ago because I don't think, well, no, we didn't do it the last one. Because that was our my antelope experience in Southern Colorado, but then we're going to talk about some uh, some breakfast recipes because we've broached the subject. Is that a correct use of the word, Corey? Broached.
3: I believe so. Yes. Okay.
2: Thank you. I have to call <laughs> Doctor Ben on. Uh, we have broached the subject of breakfast recipes several times. Uh, hit the tip of the breakfast iceberg but never fully submerged into the world of breakfast wild game foods and we actually have a lot of resources on our website I've written some cool recipes for meat eater in the realm of breakfast I feel like if you put an egg with it it automatically becomes a breakfast food do you guys agree?
3: it's funny how that happens yes
1: yeah, yeah, I, f- I feel like you could easily turn something from like the previous night into breakfast by just adding an egg.
2: Yep, yep, I agree. So we're gonna save that because we're gonna come back to it. But let's uh, let's tell the tales of two elk. Um, well, I guess first let's do some some updates. So uh, for me, the big thing is we just wrapped up. Obviously, antelope. If you're listening to this, uh, been doing some work on the adventure van. If you scroll over to Instagram. You can see a cool picture of the cool, my cool creepy van that's going to metamorphosize into this really awesome adventure van. Um, and then I've been prepping bicycles, my two mountain bikes, to go uh, into the backcountry of wild Wyoming and uh, for mule deer and antelope coming up here in the next couple days. I don't know. I haven't told you guys my setup. I have, like, a full setup on my bike now. You have
1: the little, the little... Hooks to put your rifle in?
2: No, I don't. I didn't get that yet. I was going to, and then I ran out of time to order it on Amazon.
1: Yeah, those uh, are. uh, I had them hooked up to my cargo trailer that I was telling behind my bike. Those yeah. are a game changer.
2: Are they? Damn
1: it! Yeah. I wonder if I can get. Them I on saw the some game dude, old timer out there in like jeans and a t-shirt, archery hunting, had them mounted on his bike handles and he had his bow in front of his bike handles.
2: Um. Yeah, I was gonna put them on my bike handles, uh, like four wheel, like a four wheeler, and just yep. have it going across. Cause there's not much trees and brush and debris, uh, yeah. in the wilds of Wyoming to like knock my rifle. Um, I still may see tonight if I can order it and get them in tomorrow before I leave on Friday, because you're right. I think it would be like a total game changer to have them, and it's like the last piece of equipment that I needed. I. uh I went to uh, REI the other day and was buying some some dehydrated meals and stuff, and uh, I got. I went up to they have like a what's equivalent of like a bargain cave for like returns or damaged things or whatever, and they mark things down. And they had like a fat tire rack because I have a fat tire bike, and they had the rear rack. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So I got that. They didn't sell the hardware with it. Uh, they only had one mounting bracket, but no screws whatsoever. But my bike has two of the screws, so I wasn't really worried about that. And then um, I just rummaged around in my garage and found the remainder pieces. But I got it at half price. It was regularly like ninety bucks, and I got it for like forty. So I was super stoked for that. And it holds a hundred pounds. So then I went to um, I went to the the local uh, Bass Pro Shop here. I feel like I'm shouting out all the brands when I shouldn't be, but I am. (laughs) And uh, bought two, you know, like, picture like a Jansport backpack, just like a plain backpack, but camouflaged. And I got that and I mounted it to the, the, uh, what you call it in the back, the rack on the back of the bike. So you made, like,
1: saddlebags?
2: Yeah. I made two saddlebags out of uh, the backpacks and I just zip tied them in probably like 15 places to the frame so they're like sturdy on the frame um but they've got like zippered pockets they've got the big part so i figure like it could probably fit you know at least like an antelope quarter in each side and then put the rest on my back or whatever if i'm doing antelope for mule deer i don't know maybe just divide up the weight a little bit uh but definitely like kind of cool so um did that all kind of on the cheap too which is good, but now I'm now I'm definitely thinking about this rifle mount. I know mean, what else do you have on your bike?
1: Um, I don't have anything on my bike except for like the little cargo rack above the rear tire and then I have the trailer that hooks okay. up to it
2: um, that's pretty much it did you the trailer is pretty useful?
1: uh yeah I mean it holds up up, up to like a little bit over a hundred pounds and nice. uh I mean it's loud that's the only thing is when we, were, we used it the first day for my elk season and it was loud so like I don't know if we really like spooked anything away because sound travels weird out there or at least out here um, sometimes you can hear things like forever off like a bugle or you can you can not hear something on like the other ridge so it's weird but uh, yeah it's loud I mean it would have been great for carrying stuff out but after the first day I just kept it in my car and we would bike in or walk in and then if we got something then we would walk out and then hook it up and bring it back in that was the plan at least
2: nice and Corey what did and I could I could
1: hold my bow onto it and then I could put my bag back there or you know whatever I need to back in the actual trailer
2: that's pretty cool Corey you've done some bicycle hunting too
3: yeah but I didn't modify the bike any I just had a backpack on and carried my stuff on that
2: hmm got it okay
3: and it wasn't super deep in i think we and it was like a access road that was gated off so it was like a gravel road so it wasn't hard biking so it wasn't like mountain yeah. biking or anything
2: oh no 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 neither is where we're going and like some of it's uh it is like walk-in access only or walk-in and horses but we reached out to like fishing game up there and they're like yeah like as long as your bicycle doesn't have a motor on it like you can take it on those you can take it on those trails like you should be good so pretty stoked at least it let us get back there before some of the other hunters do um which would be good uh, given the area we hunt we're hunting this year so i don't know uh let's see other news we have um spice blends so Obviously, we have lots of spice blends, but our most recent—I just got word from the from the uh, the mixologist of spices today—that uh, our waterfowl blend should be coming very, very soon. So hopefully, by the end of the month, that will be up on the Harvesting Nature website for sale. Keep an eye on social media. We'll make a big, big, huge announcements and shoot confetti whenever it's it's released.
3: And I, I think those would make really good. Christmas gifts for the uh, yeah. hunter or angler in your family, your friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, stocking stuffers.
2: Yep. Yeah, that's our fourth blend coming out, so um, we will likely sell them as one big set or sell them individually. Um, we have one more blend queued up, our small game one, uh, but due to some delays of getting spices from Israel, uh, which is where we needed some of the spices to come from uh that one is delayed but we will push it out as soon as it is in stock and mixed and we have it so pretty excited about that but so let's see what do you guys got
3: when when was the last time i was on i don't know do you remember the last time I was on? it's been a while i guess Third, a lot four, has happened four
2: weeks i don't know
3: four a lot and, has happened yeah I mean relatively speaking did I did I talk to you about our our squirrel hunting success
2: Nope I haven't or your goose or your duck none of that you haven't talked about any of it
3: Okay well it's been it's I would classify this early part of the season as very successful for the sly household Um so I've taken my kids out individually for squirrel hunting And my daughter got a squirrel, she was shooting. And then my oldest son and I limited out on squirrels. We got three fox squirrels that are pretty relatively rare for this area. And then me and my youngest son went out and we limited out on gray squirrels. And then um, we've gone out goose hunting. I, I went out twice this year. And what we do is we paddle in a canoe down the river and we, uh, you know, find a flock of geese and uh, strategize how we're going to get them, and we've done that twice this year, and the first time between five guys, we got 12. Two of them were banded, and then me and another friend went down by ourselves, and we got five between the two of us, and one of them was banded. Um, and then... Um, The first day of archery season, I harvested a doe, which was, it was, it was like the smoothest hunt you could, you could uh, put together. If you were like, I want my hunt to go really smooth, this is how I want it to go, and that was my hunt. So, got in the stand, you know, before light, I think shooting hours were a little bit before seven or something like that and sat for like two hours and um, saw these two coming in and it it was like 30 seconds. You know, I saw him, picked up the bow. It stepped in front of a tree that I had already ranged at 23 yards and put the, you know, aim for the, just behind the front shoulder and shot. And my lighted knock was staring at me in the ground, stuck in the ground and, but I'm impatient. I thought I heard a crash, but I'm impatient, so I got down to check out my arrow, and it was covered, you know, in blood, and from where I was standing where the arrow hit, I could see the white belly of the deer, and it was easy gut job, easy drag, or relatively easy. There is nothing that reminds you you're out of shape more than dragging out a deer by yourself. Yeah yeah so i'm out of shape but by so i i shot the deer
1: <laughs> so to get to the point of that Corey's out of shape all right
3: <laughs> um i shot the deer at nine o'clock by one o'clock it was quartered and in my uh garage fridge so it uh it was it went pretty smooth and then the opening day of duck was last weekend and i managed uh me and another friend went we i he has a boykin spaniel my friend jeremy he's been on the podcast a couple times um his pup's still pretty young he's only one or two and we haven't had a whole lot of duck hunting success um but we finally got into him this past weekend um and the limit is six per person but it like you can only get one mallard hen you can only get like three wood ducks you can only get one of this or two of that it's very you have to identify your ducks very well before before you shoot them and we did a pretty good job of that we we each got a hen mallard we each got a drake mallard and I got a hen wood duck. Um, so that that was a pretty successful morning, and that was all within like the first hour. And his dog did pretty well retrieving them. And so I I plucked I plucked th- three of them and skinned two of them. So we'll see how that goes. The wood duck is surprisingly it's like half the size of the mallard. So not being an experienced duck hunter. I don't know if it was if it was like a young wood duck or if that's just typical. But it was it was pretty small. I
2: think they're I think they're typically a little smaller. Wood ducks?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think they're a little bit smaller.
3: And and then my daughter has shown some interest in deer hunting, so we sat in the blind Saturday evening and I have a crossbow, and I bought a tripod for it. And she shot off the tripod, and was pretty good with that at 20 yards. It's like, all right, if anything 20 yards, we're she's gonna, you know, take a shot at it. And went over, you know, looked up pictures of deer, you know, standing broadside on on the internet. And I'm like, okay, where are you gonna aim? And she would point, so she knew where where to aim. But we are sitting. And at the edge of a field and the deer came out but they were about 60 yards away and you know they were they were feeding and they bedded down so you know we kind of stopped paying attention to them and you know you could tell she was getting a little bored and then all of a sudden there was one i, I think it was from that group that was further away all of a sudden it was like 20 yards away and we weren't ready and she tried to get behind the tripod to get set up to shoot it uh, it didn't go well, and we spooked the deer. And then they had off school on Monday, and I took a day off work. Cause so every day my wife takes the kids to school, she always sees them uh, at the corner of this one field. I was like, all right, we'll try that in the morning. I, I typically don't hunt fields in the morning, but she was pretty consistent on seeing these deer. So I like, all right, we have a chance. So we we got in early, we set up the blind, I brushed it in pretty well. Um, try to be as quiet as possible, but it's hard, you know, setting up a blind and stuff. And she was good. She sat. She didn't get cold. Only a little bored. Uh, but we didn't see anything. Nothing. She's a, she's then, a better um, hunting
2: companion than me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then Tuesday morning when my wife was taking him to school, of course, there's deer right where we had the blind set up. So, that was a little little frustrating, but that's how hunting goes right so that's yep. that's been my that's been my season so far um, i'm it i sounds- mean if it if yeah if it ended today i'd i'd consider it pretty successful so i did i do have to i sent in my head for c w d testing i'm still waiting on the results for that, so we'll see how that goes but Coming up, I you know I got the I got the pup. Um, pheasant season starts not this weekend but the following weekend, so we'll see. Uh, get him out there, see see what he does. I have zero expectations. I just don't want him to run away. So that's that's my only my only uh, goal is okay, don't run away. <laughs> so, see how it goes.
2: Yeah. No, that's a that's a good goal. Uh losing your dog in the field is not good. I think they make nope. those like trackers, so
3: Yeah, I so it, I, looked it, it, I looked into call. callers. I looked into GPS callers and I'm not quite ready to drop a thousand dollars on a caller. Not just quite get
2: there. a get an Apple air tag. Just like that's exactly, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what my wife
3: That's exactly what my wife said.
2: I mean, I think that, that's it's like a definitely... What are those, like 50 bucks or something like that?
3: Like like 30, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean yeah, That's pretty, pretty inexpensive. Um, nice. Well, it definitely sounds like a really fruitful season for you so far. I'm a little jealous. Uh, I shot a jackrabbit. Um, <laughs> that's all I've shot this year. Um, but I have thought about
0: shooting really cool things and eating them as well.
2: So let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about some elk hunting. Oh wait, Colin, do you want to give updates or do you just want to include your updates as part of your...
1: Uh, Yeah, my only update is that I've been elk hunting for all of September. Um, (laughs) And so then I'll just go into that, I guess. Anyway, hey everybody, this is Colin. Um, So yeah, (laughs) I hunted the entire September archery season out here in Oregon. It's my first archery season. Uh, It was a lot of fun. I'd say it's my favorite hunting season yet. Despite not getting anything.
3: Did you hunt every day, or how many days in September did you hunt?
1: I hunted 21 days out of the 30-day season.
2: Wow. Holy smokes. Yeah. You you prescribed to the Dr. Ben method.
1: Yeah, Dr. Ben was there for a lot of them. Uh, he was there for opening weekend, um, and he was there for the second to last weekend and the last weekend. Uh and then most of that week in between so both of us are dr ben and i are well on our way to becoming total degenerate elk hunters um ben <laughs> lived out of his truck for at least 20 days in a row um just going around from spot to spot uh, and you can definitely smell it on him too um but yeah that no, was a great time uh i mean for the first I, I mean again it was my first archery season it was my first season hunting the rut for elk um So I expected, I had all these areas planned out, Uh, I was getting them on trail cams, I had this whole, like, probably 20 square mile, maybe 40 square mile area that was, like, patterned out. I knew where they were, I knew what times they were up and where they were going and everything. Well then, like, four days before the season started, they disappeared. Like, wasn't getting anything on the cameras, Um, went to the spots anywhere where where I was seeing them, and uh, yeah, nothing to be found. So, I think we ran, we got into some, well, we didn't really get into them, but we saw a bull and two cows on the second day and went after them and lost it in the woods. I mean, the woods here are so dense. You guys, you know that, Justin, from bear hunting out here. It's so yeah, easy to lose stuff. I mean, uh, you basically have an animal the size of a horse and then take 40 of them and they can disappear into the woods in seconds and you'll never see them again. It's nuts. Um, and if anybody wants to challenge me on that, feel free. Come at me. Um, but that's what happens. <laughs> so you are a
2: true, you are a true degenerate elk hunter. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens. So anyway, I just
1: I went out pretty much every day I could. Um, There's a couple weekends here that I had to travel for, um, and then I took some. I guess you'd call them like mental health days. I don't want to burn myself out going out there every day and just not seeing anything. So there was like a day or two here and there where I just like chilled at home um but then finally it was we're like pretty much what everything online says the third week of september so that saturday I was walking through the area that uh so i had two bulls show up on a trail cam the day before and i was walking through that area and it was probably 6:30 in the morning the sun was a few minutes from from coming up and i just hear this choo 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 in the woods and at first, I was like, I mean, I'd watch like, a whole bunch of videos and stuff, you know, I did all like the calling practice and everything. At first, I was like, what the F is that? I was like, what is making that noise? And then it just like hit me, and I was like, oh, there's a bull in there, and it's chuckling. He's trying to round up his cows. So I stood there for about probably 30 minutes, waiting for him to come out. It was right along a, a logging road, kind of a cut-out logging road. And uh, he never came out, and ended up in a bugle a little bit farther away, so I think he went the opposite direction. But it was still pretty cool to hear that sound, like finally like oh yeah they do make that noise um they are here i know where they are Um, still didn't see anything during that day um but then i went around to a different area where i thought that they went to and this is later at night um and i was like you know what I'm, i'm walking on my way out there's probably like 30 minutes of light left uh, i'm just going to check this one area and see if i can hear anything or smell anything or something like that um, so i'm walking out and i hear some crunching going on i hear some cows calling and i was like oh great there's cows here uh... i heard them crash through the woods i think i, I bumped them a little bit uh, i get no light at this point i mean I'm, I'm like five minutes from shooting light being over and uh... i just hear this like ripping bone chilling bugle just. It must have been 80 yards, 60, 80 yards away from me. I just ripped through there. And that was like, that was when I, and this is the first day of the rut too. and That's when I knew. It was like, all right, it's like, this is hunting season. Uh, this is a lot of fun. The past two weeks of being out here and just like not seeing anything are now worth it. Um, So I texted Ben that and it was like, because he kept, he kept going to areas and was like, oh man, there's nothing here. I'm going to somewhere else. Uh. And then I kept texting him. I was like, "Oh man, if there's more elk here." I just keep hearing bugles, and so he kept driving back up, like another hour back up. And then he'd be like, "Oh no, there's nothing here." And then he'd drive back down and then come up the next day. Um, so yeah, we went out a couple more days. Then um, the next one of the next mornings, uh, we found some walking through a big clear cut, rounded a corner, and there is a just beautiful five x five elk, real tall antlers, real wide. Standing right in the middle of the road like it was like picturesque the sun's hitting the the grasses it's all yellow you can just see this perfect elk there um, so we tried to go after that one it kinda went through the woods a little bit and then we, as we rounded a corner it was thirty yards away from us and spooked and ran into the woods uh... and then i had to go to work so that sucked um, <laughs> and ben was out there i think he chased it for a little while but nothing happened A um, couple more times we actually got a pretty good video of us chasing a bull into the woods I think it was actually that night, maybe the next night. Um, and we put a video up on the on our socials with uh, this elk bugle into us through the woods. It must have been 40 yards away from us, but again, real close to that, shooting light.
2: Is that the wiffle What's ball, up? the wiffle ball bat bugle?
1: Uh, there's a video of that up too, of Ben calling through his wiffle ball bat bugle tube. <laughs> um, but this one is, it starts out, it's kind of dark. You can tell it's evening. Um I'll repost it again, but its uh, he's doing a couple calls, and then you just hear this bugle rip through the woods, and we can never get that elk to come out and uh, actually get in the shooting light. Uh, but yeah, that's a funny story. So Ben lost his bugle tube at some point, his actual like manufactured one, um, and so he went to Walmart the next day and bought an Easton wiffleball bat and cut off the ends of it, and honestly, this thing sounded great. It sounded so great. That on the last Sunday of the season, he called in three bears to it. <laughs> so <laughs> we were we we're walking along a road that we had been seeing elk on, and um, we hear some is it, rustling.
2: Is it this one?
1: Uh, yeah. I can't see. There's a glare on it. Yeah, that's. It looks kind of like that one. Maybe I don't know. I can I can pull it up.
2: That one? No. Oh. That's Ghost Rider right in the Sky. Oh, uh, so it's this one. Yeah. I don't know where the sound comes out at.
1: Just give it a second. That's Elk. <laughs> and that's depends on football bat. <laughs> So, that was uh, that was the night we ch- we got pretty close to one. That's probably the closest we got. But uh, yeah, the last Sunday, we hear this like rustling through the woods. Ben and I are both drawn back, ready to shoot. Um, and this head pops out, and it, it was totally not what I expected because I was fully expecting a bull elk to pop out of this thing. And
2: like, yeah, here we are. This is finally it. Um, but no, I like instead what you like... see in like the YouTube videos of like straight up yeah. encounters. Yeah
1: because We had been seeing elk there. We knew they were around. we knew there were bulls around because we've been hearing them, we've been seeing them. Um, so I was fully expecting just a bull elk to walk through. It was much bigger than a deer, the sounds were. Uh, but instead this like black head that was lower to the ground pops out. And my immediate thought was like, is this was this like a dog or like we don't have wolves here. It can be a wolf. like <laughs> what is this thing? And then I saw the second half of its body and I saw like the rounded rump and I was like, oh, that's a bear uh and right then it looked at us and i actually shot and right as i shot it moved it scurried across the road so i missed my arrow bounced up is lost in the woods somewhere um, and then it went back across the road we think it had a cub behind it because it, we heard some smaller crunches behind it when we saw it um, so that was cool solid bear uh and then we went up to this other clear cut spent some time there um, for like the middle of the day it was pretty warm out it's actually still warm out here in almost middle of October, it was 80 degrees today. So it's pretty warm here. Um, And then as we're walking back down from our kind of like midday rest, uh, a much bigger bear pops out of the woods, like same distance, 40, 50 yards. Um, And we didn't shoot at that one. That one was over and that was out and back in the woods within two seconds. Um, Wow. So that was cool. And then at the very end of the night, we thought again, we were chasing some cows in a Creek bed. We were kind of up in the middle of the clear cut and we heard some crunching, classic sticks breaking, and everything. So we went down to this area where we knew it was a choke point, right at the stream. It would have been perfect. And uh, and we heard, we thought we heard cows calling too. That's why we were, we were going after them. And then uh, it's it must have been one of these bears. We're not sure which one, but popped out again and ran up the hillside. So three bears in one day. Up until then, I've only seen the ones that we saw bear hunting. So yeah, wow. and that was what one one on one day. Yeah, one. On um, day. So that was yeah. That was really awesome. Uh, ran into a mountain lion, had a mountain lion encounter. It's for oh, yards yeah. away let's from let's talk that.
2: about that. I think I, I was telling somebody about that the other day. Like, I want to hear more about that. Yeah.
1: Well, right now, and this will be a little bit later, there's a video going around of a mountain lion chasing a guy. I saw like, that. Yeah. Kind of stalking him in a field. Have you guys seen that one today? Yep. I think like Joe Rogan posted it and stuff. And the guy has his pistol yeah. out. And I think he shoots at it, but I don't think he hits it. Um, Well, yeah, so I was in an area where I'd, there's there's an early deer season in Oregon, so in the middle of September, there's a week for early, the controlled deer season, but it's, like, not really controlled. Everybody gets a tag who puts in for it. Um, But I went to an area that I've been seeing a little 2x2 buck uh, on my trail cams there. So I was standing pretty much 40 yards away up the road from my trail cam um, for, like, multiple days in a row. I saw it somewhere between, like, 5 p.m. and, like, 7 p.m. So I was like, perfect, I'm just gonna sit here, and I know there's elk here too, you know, there's elk right around the corner. Um, so I'm, I'm hanging out there, look down at my phone for something, look back up and I notice just like new shape out of my corner of my eye. So it's like, oh cool, maybe this is the deer I've been looking for. Um, so I pulled my range finder, like real slow, I wanna make sure I get the range right. It's a, it's a little bit farther away, it's like right at the edge of my comfortable shooting zone. And as I'm looking through the range finder, I notice it's 40 yards and I'm looking at the face and I'm like, that's not a, that's not a deer. And I see the lines, like the dark lines and the nose on it. And like instantly every hair on my body stood up. My heart rate jacked oh, up. my yeah. adre- Adrenaline spiked. Um, and I was like, that's a mountain. That's a lion. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> like I'd seen it on my trail cameras before. I never, never once expected that I would actually see it walking around and it's right in front of me. Um, so I brought my bow up and was in the process of drawing back when it pounced away, and it was totally silent. I never heard it approach, and I never heard it, even watching it sprint away, I never heard it make a noise, which is terrifying. Um, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. It's probably the coolest experience I've had, besides the elk just screaming at us from like 30 yards, 30, 40 yards away, but um, terrifying at the same time. I, so I posted a picture of that one, too. I, I, I captured it. This is another scary part. I didn't capture it walking in front of my trail cam, but I captured it sprinting away. So it had been walking underneath the like lower level of my trail cam limit, which is kind of cool.
2: Because it's it insane. Like,
1: yeah. But yeah, there's a picture, and it's a little blurry. It's, it's very fast, and it's a little far away. But yeah, mountain lion's pouncing off, and I'm 40 yards to the left of it. So that was pretty cool. I um, saw a bobcat from far away, too, so I, I kind of had every predator out there. Um, to be seen so it was really neat it was a lot of really good experiences out in the woods and that's why it's my favorite season so far I did uh, recap the really good and bad parts of my elk season in the uh, next issue the fall issue of the magazine so you can read about more of the experiences in there, there I had two polar opposite experiences with fellow hunters out there that you can read about and i actually like to hear some opinions on, on one of them um. Yeah, I had a really great experience, like public land experience with a hunter, and a really poor
2: one. So, mm.
1: take a look at the yeah. Magazine that's
2: crazy. I now. think we talked about the really poor one before. You and I just like personally, I think.
1: Um, yeah, the really great one was almost. Don't. don't yeah, give it I won't. I won't give, away. I you gotta, give it you the gotta day. read The magazine. It was. It was a a more egregious error on my part, in my opinion. Um, but it ended up with me and a a stranger, uh, and a bull screaming at us at a hundred yards. So,
2: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. But read about the rest of the details and the comparison between the two in the, in the fall issue.
2: Yeah, no, Um, that's awesome. I actually just not to cut you off, but I will because I'm not Corey. I don't raise my hand. You didn't raise your hand, but, (laughs) um, so, I was working on the recipe yesterday and today, and I shot the photographs for it today for the my antelope recipe. I'm pretty excited. It's like a it's a curry of sorts. I'm not going to tell you what type, but it's man so good. I took it to work today and let people taste test it, and they're like, "This is amazing." I was like, "Thanks." Nice. Okay.
1: Um, so I think Ben and I, <laughs> Ben and I are going to get uh Washington tags for elk now over-the-counter rifle tags for right across the river from me in Washington, so we can continue our degenerate elk hunting. <laughs> experience. When, when is that? And, uh, it's November fifth through twelfth.
0: Oh no! And nice. it's like the same. It's the
1: same uh, like landscape, same environment as here. Um, there's a very low low percentage. We want to go hunt. There's like a twelve percent success rate or something in those areas, but. Uh, Again, we're degenerates now, so we're gonna be going over there <laughs> and looking for, and wasting more money and looking for them. So
2: yeah, sleeping in your truck and riding bicycles and you know yeah, bathing Not via family. wet wipe. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. There's some swamps over there you can rinse off in. So Ooh, find o- some nutrients. Oi- oi- Scott wants
2: you to find Scott Nut- Nutria.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I lost. The- The farm that I was hunting nutria and geese on, actually, um, they leased their farm out, so we don't have any access to that anymore. That Um, sucks. Yeah. But, in other words, did you hear that Maryland has now officially been eradicated of all nutria? No. Yeah. I was on uh, Ryan Callahan's show the other day.
2: Oh, cool. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Ooh, and some other conservation news, and I like this one because it's a hot topic here in Colorado they uh CPW, uh which is Colorado Parks and Wildlife, that's our state wildlife agency. Um, they sent out an email, because uh, I subscribe to their news, stuff like that. And uh they are investigating a wolf depredation. Uh about a hundred miles from where the pack is known to be at. Um and I guess there hasn't been there hasn't been a uh, instance of of a predatory act from wolves in probably like four years or so. But last year on the ballot, they voted to bring in more wolves uh, into Colorado. So uh, this is oh good. Likely the this is likely the first of many instances of of such a thing. But they on another thing is uh, on social media. I follow. I don't know what specifically she does with uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife, but they sent a bunch of probably biologists and wardens and uh, folks up to uh, Wyoming and Montana to learn some of the techniques to come back and teach the uh, the ranchers here uh, to like prevent wolf attacks basically on their on their stock. But they said that all that is not truly 100% effective, that it's usually only lasts about two weeks and then the wolves kind of figure out a way around it or aren't deterred anymore and then... Uh, so it, it's interesting it, it's going to be interesting to see this whole process play out, I I almost wrote a news article on it uh, and posted it on the Harvest of Nature website but I did not, because I wanted to like call the state and try to figure out who the landowner was and like called them and kind of get some thoughts and and ideas, but uh, I, I'm still like, still on the fence I'm watching it play out to see see if I want to discuss it more but uh Definitely pretty interesting because you don't often hear about uh, the wolf activities like that.
1: Uh, Yeah. I probably have some controversial opinions about wolves. Well, just like people who are pro-wolf hunting and anti-wolf introduction.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's interesting because part of the range that they've identified as encompasses like Three of the major ski areas in Colorado, so they're all pretty like heavy populated ski towns, and then like you have these slopes up on the side, and it's just like, eh. I mean, they're gonna stay
1: away from those areas,
2: like at least they're gonna
1: keep their distance, you know? Like, it's not like there's gonna, I at least I don't think there's gonna be like wolf attacks. I mean, if you released like tigers in there, maybe, but wolves are generally. We're voting on that next year. (laughs) Yeah, let's reintroduce uh tigers to america um yeah i I think that'll be fine
2: yeah we'll see i mean i'm I'm eager to see like how it plays out it's either going to be like a conservation success story or it's going to be a conservation failure i guess there's really no other option for it to be but um it'd be interesting to see it come through and people be like oh yeah like you really can you know some live uh Synchronous with with, with symbiotic, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I was going for. Like, I'm like, totally or
1: or right any now. predators really. I mean, any predators yeah. for that matter. You know, like, I got a mountain line and two bears and yeah. a bobcat and any number of coyotes in pretty much my backyard. Um, I, they're not going out and like. There's plenty of farms around here. Tillamook cheese is like, this is the area, so yeah, there's plenty I just of cows. Some of that
2: cheese last night. Was delicious. The cheese is
1: pretty good. I will say the cheese is pretty good. Uh, their ice cream's also fantastic too. If you're ever oh, on the I Oregon haven't... Coast and you go through Tillamook, go to the Tillamook Creamery. Man, it's 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 good. Best right. grilled cheese I ever had.
2: Okay, so now now that was easy for <laughs> food. So let's do uh are you guys ready to play Let's Make a Meal? Yeah. Are you ready, Corey?
3: Of course.
1: Okay. Yeah, he looks
2: ready. He looks ready. I'm gonna play the sound. And then I'll tell you the rules. Ready? Here's the sound. It's time to make a meal. Did you guys hear that? So or no? That sounds like a game show. What do we win? Yeah. Yep. Uh, you win nothing. You win. So Adam, Adam okay. Berkman and I, when we created this, uh, we created this whole segment on the spot the other day. We we were basically like. Now we have to recreate these meals uh and like post the actual recipe cuz like we came out with kind of general guidelines of like something to uh something to do. I forget what was our last one. It was like uh it was a marzen braised goose legs with egg noodles and like sauteed red cabbage. Colin you would really like yeah. that meal. That's like one I would I like that. Leave. You made before. I've so got anyway, a whole we, goose we, in my freezer
1: that I need to figure out what to do with, because the last thing I tried was basically made a chemical attack in my house. So
3: I just did a goose leg confit, and uh, we used the meat to make a stew. So we put it in a stew with local sweet corn that we roasted over the fire, um, roasted tomatoes that we pureed the tomatoes were from our garden roasted carrots that were from our garden i'm trying to think i think i had some wild game stock in that Um, one it was i don't know if i didn't rinse off the legs and thighs before i uh, put them before i cooked them because it was pretty salty oh and we put local bacon in it too uh, locally butchered pig mm. we got some bacon or bacon ends and put in there and so I don't know if the, if it was too much salt because of the bacon or if I didn't rinse enough of the cure off on the from the uh, uh, goose legs but I didn't have goose fat so I I did it in pork lard but it was a little on the salty side but what we did to cut out that the Saltiness was we just um, to spoon it over mashed potatoes, and it was it was really good that way.
2: Nice, nice. All right. Well, we're still gonna do let's make a meal.
3: Sorry, so, I went off on a tangent.
2: It's okay. No, it's good. So, I, you know, I need goose ideas because yeah. So are here, yeah. So on uh, let's make a meal. The the rules are as I scroll through Instagram to just whatever Instagram feed I have up at the time and uh, the first cut of meat like raw piece of meat that I see uh, is what we use as our base and then we build something from that Uh, you know I told you what we created previously I'm still looking for a a chunk of raw meat Instagram is gonna hear me and show me now let's see There's a lot of people talking it's a lot of reels nowadays
1: you just search meat probably and something'll come up.
2: No 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 no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, isn't this biased on your algorithm though? Well it's not. I mean it's the Harvesting Nature
1: page. We so need like a random that. meat generator online. You know how they have like random number generators? We need one yeah. that's like just randomly shows some kind of cut of meat.
3: Random protein generator?
1: Yeah,
2: protein, that's probably better. Get Ooh, random tail. protein. Tofu. All right, here's one. Just regular venison steaks. So... Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. That was, like, the first one. It took me a minute. Uh, all right, venison steaks. Not backstrap. Let's picture, like, steaks off the back quarter. So... Right. Hmm. What do we, What do we want to do with them? Do we want to grill them? Do we want to uh, pan fry them? Do we want to pound them flat and batter them like schnitzel? Let's uh, Let's think. What are What are some options? Sous vide yeah. well, and pan sear. I want something. to try something
3: different. Yes. I want to try something different. <laughs> try and, something. Okay. And, Why? And, <laughs> and and we'll save the sous vide and sear for the backstrap. But for this, so Justin and I were having a conversation. Was it last night or the night before? Um, I just foraged a bunch of chestnuts from Ooh. up the road.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: And so I was doing a little research on those because, like, I was like, kids, fill your pockets. And so and I filled my pockets and we brought them home. We ha- I had a lot more than what I realized we had. So we have all these chestnuts. I was like, okay, we got to figure out a way to use them all. So I was doing a little research and so you know, you roast them in the oven so you can peel the shells off and then you can depending on how you can cook how you cook them, they they somewhat resemble potatoes, like the consistency of potatoes. So I was thinking um, like a venison stew but use the chestnuts in it for like the starchiness hmm. I, I don't know if chestnuts are starchy but like that that texture that you would have potatoes for swap out the potatoes with the chestnuts
2: so would you you cook so we would take this and we would chop it up and we cook it inside We'd cook it inside with the chestnuts,
3: yes, so um, so I'm thinking you you cube up the steak, you cube up, so when you say something from the hind corner, I'm thinking like a steak roast or top round or bottom round, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, cube that up, and like uh brown, brown it a little bit, and then into Dutch oven with with the chestnuts and. I uh, um I don't know what else you'd want to put in there. Maybe some stock. stock.
2: We're gonna put in. We're definitely gonna put in stock. Let's put in some aromatics. So let's get some onion and some carrot. Maybe you think those would go with the
3: chestnuts? Yeah, and and I did heirloom carrots this year in the garden, so I have I have those like purple, orange, yellow, um, Ooh. and white carrots. So
1: I like it. Colin, what up. do you
2: think? What do you think we should spice this with?
1: I mean, my go-to answer is going to be Harvesting Nature's Wild Big Game <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but if you're going to use, like, you're doing, like, carrots and you're browning it a little bit, um, if you're going for, like, a fall-type recipe, I'd say throw some
2: nutmeg in there. Ooh. I think we, we used... Not we too use much. Nut- Just a little bit. Did we use nutmeg or allspice last time? I forget. But, okay. So let me write this down, because we, we kept track of it last time. So we've got steak uh, cubed... Um, with chestnuts, with carrots, and onion stock. Hmm. Let's see. Do we want to add? What about thyme? I really like thyme right now. All
1: I have is thyme. Oh, I love thyme. Time. time is on okay. our side.
2: Time is on our side. All right. So we got thyme. Um. So would
3: would you want to put like a a wine in there to like add some depth to the flavor, or like a I don't Ooh. know grape juice or something like that?
2: Not grape juice.
3: <laughs> I don't I don't normally have wine in the in at home so but I I have grape juice.
2: Hmm. I mean, we could. We yeah. Let's let's try some wine.
3: I I think wine would be the preferred, but you could. Substitute grape juice, right?
2: Um,
1: huh. Why Why would you substitute it? I don't,
3: grape I don't grape normally juice. have wine. No, I don't normally have wine, so instead of wine, I, I, grape juice oh, would be. Oh, but to cook
0: it?
3: A, yeah, yeah, to throw, splash some in there to add oh, some. Oh, I would still use
1: the wine. Yeah,
2: let's let it. Best right, recipes I've, I've ever I,
1: had. I, you go buy some, Corey. <laughs> you go buy it.
2: <laughs> you, buy, you buy. a <laughs> bottle of wine. There are, you drink there are things. A, cool. You cook a cup with. Cook with a cup, and then you drink the rest of the bottle. That's how you cook with. All
3: right, bottle. all right. There are there are things called
1: groceries you purchase from the store, and that's typically <laughs> well, how people get their food. Not everybody can just harvest everything that they eat from their own backyard, like you, Mr. Six Deer
2: Year. Jeez. <laughs> I feel some, I feel some uh, <laughs> dirtbag elk frustration pent up. <laughs> degenerate. We prefer the term Sorry, degenerate. degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, all right. I think we've got that. And then um, – so we've got all that simmering now. Get a little starchy. I don't know. I, I'm – like this – I honestly don't know, like, how this would come out. <laughs> I think it would be good. Like, I think wine and chestnuts traditionally go together. I think it's kind of like a an Italian thing to, like, eat them paired in some way. Um, but, yeah, it seems like we could try it out. Now, Corey, let me ask you this. Like, with the chestnuts, do they kind of fall apart? Or do they stay, like, their consistent shape?
3: So, I haven't... So I've roasted them to take off the shell, and like when you're peeling the shell off, they'll like break in half. Um, Mm -hmm. And and then we've uh, my wife used some to bake with, and you know they they stayed consistent. But I haven't cooked you know cooked them for any amount of time. Like I haven't cooked them this way at all. So I don't know from my own experience just looking looking at some recipes and techniques online, you know, I found that, you know, they're supposed to take on the consistency of a potato.
2: So it would we would so, end up almost like a a red wine potato soup.
3: kind of yeah, with venison, yeah.
2: With venison. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, feel I think like it could it could it could definitely be done. I think it would probably require a little tweaking. But yeah, I don't yeah. think why not?
3: I, I think I may try it cuz I have a bunch of chestnuts left. And yeah, I let's a, do it. I, I have a uh I have a few deer in the freezer that I could try it on.
2: <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> will will you be will you be the first to cook one of our uh make a meal? Uh, segments, I think so. we'll have to post it on social, so take a picture
3: yeah take a, I'll take a picture um all right but also with the chestnuts being like uh potato consistency, Uh-oh. I that thought about you know could you do a ma instead of mashed potatoes mashed chestnuts somehow like could you do? Yes. Something like that, you know what I mean? Yes. And, and what? I think and so. what, what? And what could you add to it?
2: Well, so what I so just in a quick search in the Google machine, they have a like chestnut puree. Uh, looks like they slow simmer the chestnuts, add sweetened milk and vanilla. So that's like a sweet rendition of it. But would, I imagine... would it be?
3: Would that be more like a soup, or would that be? Or would that be no, more like a mashed potato type?
2: It'd be kind of like the thickness of like grits, maybe.
3: It'd be a little yeah. little runnier than mashed potatoes?
2: So uh, to wrap up the chestnut conversation, like I really think that um, you could probably mash it like mashed potatoes. But I think, like, do you want it sweet or do you want it savory? So I would treat it, if you want it sweet, just like they said, like, Maybe like sweetened condensed milk and like a little bit of vanilla. I don't, I don't know. Let's thin it out with some cream or something. I honestly don't know. Um, thinking of like kind of a runny grits or that consistency of like a thick oatmeal or something is probably what you get. I don't know how, like, I think about you and your kiddos and like if you could get your kiddos to eat it, if it looked like goop. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I got enough I can experiment with if I have time
2: yeah the the other thing I was thinking is like if you want to take it the other way is like definitely just add cream, treat it just like mashed potatoes, like add cream, add butter, add pepper, add salt, add garlic powder, and just like see how it comes out,
3: yeah, yeah, I might do that just to
2: and one just... I thought would what I thought would be really cool is too is if if you took the chestnuts, made them like mashed like that, and then made like croquettes like uh Cuban. They have like Cuban ham and cheese croquettes. You know what I'm talking about, Colin. Represent Qwest, but um, I know the,
1: the Dutch version, which are awful. No, the <laughs> you basically have like you basically have like pureed meat inside of a mm-mm. fried dough. It's gross.
2: No, this one's like you basically take the meat and you take mashed potato and you wrap around it or like form it around it and then you roll it in breadcrumbs and you fry it. Mm. Uh, and it's like really really good. They're like picture like my finger, like that big. They're about that big for all those that can see my finger <laughs> um, I saw your finger thanks uh, yeah uh, I would I would do that I would just try it out like you said just experiment with it but report back we want to hear it yeah. and if it turns out really good we got to publish some stuff about it because there's not a lot of there is a lot of chestnut stuff out there but not a lot of like stuff that's appealing to me they want to keep putting cherries and stuff in it and I don't like cherries so yeah.
3: and and. Um, what I've been trying to do, and I think we've talked about this before, is challenge myself to incorporate more than just one wild or homegrown ingredient. So more, you know, so the more venison store-bought plus
2: stuff. Like I totally yeah. get you.
3: Yeah, less less store-bought yeah. stuff, more wild. these things though.
2: called? Have you been to
1: one of these? It's called a store. Uh, they sell various food items and. And novelties that you might use to to feast upon.
2: <laughs> Have you been to one of those? No, I I appreciate your <laughs> I appreciate your ability to harvest as much as you can. We started my garden. Today, no, I'm jealous. It's That's it's all de- yeah. jealousy. It's <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, all my plants died except for my green onions. So if you need some green onions, I'll <laughs> chop them up and <laughs> ship them to you. <laughs>
2: I still got ours. We started ours way too late. Like we're still getting peppers and tomatoes, but it's like it's about to snow any day. So, like. I'm pretty
1: sure green onions would grow in a pile of dirt on a kitchen counter. So, I mean, they can grow in a glass of water. They don't even need dirt. So, you know, there you go. I, it's kind of like a backhanded compliment that they're actually surviving. <laughs> to me.
2: All right, let's do five pods. <laughs> Corey, you're up first.
3: Well. I hope Colin is able to get something soon so he doesn't have to take his frustration out on me. <laughs> <laughs> so good, good luck to you the rest of the season, Colin. Um, Thanks. But, yeah. I'm, yeah.
2: So what I think should happen is that Colin should come to Pennsylvania and hunt with you.
1: I I'll be in Pennsylvania over Thanksgiving I'll, for the beginning of the season. So I don't know if I'll be up in Corey's way. Corey's still like six hours away from me. But yeah, I'll be around. You can down to unit five B if you want to. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm at the other other corner of the state. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, any any other thoughts, Corey? No. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, over to Colin. Colin? Cool. <laughs> um
1: Yeah, I, do, I shouldn't be so pessimistic. I mean, I didn't get an elk in Oregon, but I am going to get a Washington elk tag. Um, I probably won't be able to go out there for the whole week, but a few days at least. Um, I did actually see some elk on my drive back from Seattle the other day, sitting in that unit in the middle of a swamp, which I'm sure, pretty sure was private land, but there's plenty of public around it. Um, other than that, I still have the rest of Oregon deer season, which I'm going to go out there and pick up my trail cams and hopefully find a deer or, or bear because um, bears open right now too and then yeah I've got my PA deer seasons um, opening up at the end of November so there's still some more opportunities and my nutrient spots closed down so bummer I, I won't have any more um, swamp rat to eat so um, yeah and then uh, they have like uh, fee pheasant hunts here which I was thinking about doing um and I come on the fence about the fee pheasant ones. They just kind of raise them and then set them loose. So, you know, I'd rather do the wild stuff, but I think it's good. It all goes back to conservation for ODFW, Oregon's Department of Fish and Wildlife. Nice. So we'll see. Yeah. And then, uh, awesome. yeah, those are my last thoughts, really. Um, I still have. See, the difference is, is even though if I, I'm still on it, Corey, I haven't let it go yet. Um <laughs> I don't might not get six deer a year, but I'm still eating the elk I got from last year. So So, I still have like at least fifteen or twenty pounds left in my freezer.
3: So I've only ever That's my consolation. Yeah, I've only ever tasted elk once, so you got me there.
1: But and was it better than any deer you've ever tasted?
3: It was in a stew, so it was it was hard to distinguish it from just venison.
2: Did it have chestnuts Um, in it?
3: I did not know. Yeah, well.
0: hmm.
2: okay,
1: then. I'll send you some. I know you're you're hurt for some meat right now, so <laughs> yeah. I'll send you some. All right. Thank you. Scraping <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the bottom.
2: All right. Well. <laughs> um. So I what I I'm taking away from this uh this episode is we've we've got a lot of lessons learned. We created a cool meal. Um, And also I think one of the main lessons that that Colin shares is that keep, keep plugging, right? Keep, keep out there, keep getting outdoors, keep getting outside. Um, Not only do you increase your chances of coming across whatever target species you're looking for, but you also get to have cool experiences like mountain lion encounters and bears and bobcats and other hunters, good or bad. And you know uh, Corey wouldn't be as successful as he is if he didn't get outside um, and then I think to uh, I want to keep this segment going I think the make a meal was fun. did you guys like it? I yeah I liked it yeah it was fun um, I enjoyed it so we'll keep that going if you guys have a uh, if you guys have a meat that you would like us to make a meal with, send us a message on instagram at harvesting send us a message and one of us will check it and we'll go we'll give you a thumbs up back or some sort of communication back and then we'll put it on the next podcast but like say please talk about this meat slash cut on the next make a meal and and we will do it and uh then we'll let you know which episode it's going to be in um so that'll be super fun but I think for all those out there listening, please make sure you're following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all the camps, magazines, spices, podcasts, adventures, whatever we're doing. Stay stay up to date on those going on. And then um, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, punch that five-star button, leave us a review, tell us we're doing wrong, or, you know, tell us we're doing right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. <music>